All right, let's open our Bibles to Psalm 23 this morning. I have a great sermon prepared on Revelation chapter 17 that, Lord willing, I'll get to preach to you guys maybe next week or the following week. I'm not sure when. But we got home yesterday, early, early, early morning, and the Lord put it on my heart, I think, to walk through Psalm 23 with you guys this morning. And the reason why I want to do this is because I really want to encourage you, and I think that's what God would have for our church family today at Freedom Fellowship. And how do we do that? Well, we do that by talking, by pointing to our shepherd, Jesus Christ, okay? And he, in his word, biblically instructs us as his sheep. So can we have confidence? And this is the one question I want to bring around our time together this morning as we consider Psalm 23 is, can we have confidence in times of crisis? So the text being Psalm 23 and the thought Where do we run in times of crisis? Where do we run in times of crisis? And to whom do we run in times of crisis? So Heavenly Father, we do want to ask as we consider this amazing part of your word this morning, that you would speak to our hearts, that you'd give us ears to hear, what the Spirit would have to say to us, your church, believers, your kids today. I pray, Father, that you would speak through me. God, I pray that we would all be open and humble and ready to receive, God, what you would have. We ask in your name. Amen? Amen. So right now, many of us feel like lost or frightened sheep. With everything changing so quickly, Not only are we dealing with a pandemic, but racism, protests, looting, fires, job insecurities. Could we go on with a longer list? Absolutely. There's much that we are facing today. And right now, more than ever, we need God as our shepherd, as our guide as our host. The Lord truly is our good shepherd. Why is he good? Well, I'm glad you guys asked. See, we're going to find out. You see, this psalm, it brings us confidence in Yahweh. It's a hymn of trust. It's a summary of the Christian life. It's how to be Happy in Jesus. And as a result, a happy life, a happy death, a happy eternity. So Psalm 23, if you're struggling with anxiety, depression, fear, lack, lack of finances, lack of hope, lack of hope for the future, maybe health problems, security, eternity. You guys know the psalm speaks to all those things? So this is one of the most popular 
in sweetest passage of Scripture in all of the Old Testament. So what's tragic is many people know Psalm 23, but they don't know the shepherd of Psalm 23. Yes, it's the most often used at memorial services or graveside services, but it's a message that applies to all the days of my life. All the days of my life. Is today one of those all days? Absolutely. Does it apply right now? Absolutely. And I believe God has a great word of encouragement for you and I this morning, brother and sister. So the regrets of yesterday and the worries of tomorrow, all the days of my life. So this song, I love how it's set up. And some of you guys may have caught this. It's kind of like a ring, three-stone ring. We have Psalm 22, the one right before. We see there the good shepherd dying for the sheep. And then we move to Psalm 23. And we have the great shepherd caring for the sheep. And then Psalm 24, we have the chief shepherd coming for the sheep. Spend some time this week. Read over these psalms. Beautiful. So let's read Psalm 23 together some of you may have it memorized i would love for you guys actually to read along if you have a different translation praise the lord it'll work verse one the lord is my shepherd i shall not want he makes me to lie down in green pastures he leads me beside still waters he restores my soul he leads me in the paths of righteousness for his namesake Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So you guys have heard about the importance of having a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. I've had some say, why do Christians pray for Jesus to come into their hearts? And then some of them even know their Bibles. I don't see that in the scripture. But the Bible says, if you believe in your hearts, and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and that he rose from the dead, you shall be saved. And I think that's where that idea comes from. Have you put your faith? Do you believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord, that he is Savior, that he is over all relationship? Did you guys catch the first words of this psalm? The Lord is my shepherd. I hope you have a big heart around my in your Bible or highlighted my shepherd there. He is ours. It literally says in the original language, the Lord shepherds me. Isn't that cool? The Lord is my shepherd. My, not a shepherd. My shepherd. That speaks to relationship. Isn't that cool? Some of you guys call and you say, hey, pastor. Pastor. This is going down. 
What should I do? You've heard me say, have you talked to Jesus about it? Have you went to the good shepherd? He'll tell you. He'll lead you. You see, if each of us can say he is my shepherd, that reminds us that he knows us individually, intimately, each personally. Can you guys say this morning that you know that Jesus cares about you? Not just about this church and us gathering together and believers, but you personally. Can you honestly say, yeah, I know that, Pastor. I know he cares about me. I want us to note, too, for the believer, this is the cool part about being a Christian, guys. This is in the present tense. Did you guys catch that? Today, right now, my shepherd. We are even now under the pastoral care of Yahweh. How radical is that? The Lord is my shepherd. So I want to remember, guys, that this psalm that we're reading, it was written by who? David. And David was a shepherd, right? He knew about sheep. Okay, that's why he's speaking this way. And it's so very natural. And it's fitting to use as a figure for him. Can you imagine him saying, the Lord is my dog catcher. Or the Lord is my pest control man. Or the Lord is my cattle rancher. Lion tamer. It doesn't fit, does it? The shepherd imagery is one that portrays one whom we may put our confidence in. One we can trust his guidance and care for our lives. So remember, sheep can't take care of themselves at all. They were completely dependent upon the shepherd. You ever hear of wild sheep? Anyone? No. There aren't wild sheep. They're domesticated. Jot down Psalm 80, verse 1. It says this. Please listen, O shepherd of Israel, you who lead Joseph's descendants like a flock. Not Jesus here, but the Father. It's referring to the Father. And that's why it's so impressive when we get to the New Testament that we have Jesus, okay, as the good the great, the chief shepherd. He takes the title of God the Father, showing his deity. Do you guys know that Jesus is God? We are Christians. We believe in the Trinity. And we see here, Jesus, deity, Godhead. And then if we look at this psalm, we consider Jehovah is with, verse 1, under verse 2, beside verse 2, after verse 6, before verse 5, and ahead of verse 6, all his trusting children. You guys see why this psalm is so fascinating? So cool, so encouraging. All our precious and tender mercies are traced back to one source the Good Shepherd Himself. Jesus is all we need. 
Can you raise your hand if you agree with that? Jesus is all we need. Amen. Some would say, really? And I would say, absolutely. And you guys have heard me say this before. Jesus plus nothing is everything. And so many of us as Christians, we want more. Yeah, I have Jesus, but I want this and that and that and that. Then I'll be good. Then I'll have everything. Read the Bible, guys. Imagine if a shepherd can be a sheep for a week. He would really know how to care for his sheep. And oh, isn't that what Jesus did for you and I? He gets us, guys. He understands. You may recall this scripture a few months back when we were in Revelation chapter 7, verse 17. Listen carefully. It says this. For the Lamb, Jesus, on the throne will be their shepherd. And He will lead them to springs of life-giving water. Is that not a cool scripture? That's our Jesus. And brothers and sisters, there are many of us that are not drinking of that cool water. We've been taking in a lot of lukewarm water dirty water and we're just spewing it out upon ourselves and upon others contemplation for a moment is he your shepherd today i want you to be honest i want you to look at your husband or wife or your kids or your mom or dad or that person who's sitting next to you personally is he your shepherd today And what's your position to him? Are you next to his side? Maybe nearby? Maybe you're running away. Maybe you're on the edge of a cliff. See, besides the shepherd, what figure would you use to describe your relationship to him? Judge? Defendant? Lion? Lion tamer? And do you consider yourself in want or lacking? Now, compared to the rest of the world, Christian, (laughs) have that in mind. And that's what's beautiful about the rest of verse 1. It talks about the supply from the Good Shepherd. Did you guys catch it here? I shall not want... The original language says, nothing will be lacking for me. Nothing. If you have a New Living Translation, it says, I have all I need. If you have an NIV, it says, I lack nothing. They shall not want for food, verse 2. Strength or guidance, verse 3. Comfort, verse 4. Satisfaction, verse 5. Or life, verse 6. We shall not lack for temporal needs, not for spiritual needs, not for emotional needs. A shepherd had the care of his sheep, both mentally, emotionally, whatever state they're in. Otherwise, they would not eat. You get a sheep that's stressed out, they're not eating. Brothers and sisters, some of you are stressed out. 
and you're not eating well, and it's showing. Sometimes we think, I shall not want because I have money in the bank. Nope. I know people. Nope. I have an education. I have degrees. Nope. I have job security. Nope. Only one reason, guys. I shall not want because the Lord is my shepherd. Do you agree with the scriptures or not? I hope so. I shall not lack for rest and refreshment, verse 2. Restoration and righteousness, verse 3. Protection in trouble, verse 4. Provision in the wilderness, verse 5. And a home to go to at the end of the day. Verse 6. So it's like that poor cottage woman who broke her only piece of bread with a cold cup of water and said, What? All this and Jesus too? Do you guys get that? Contemplation. Do you consider yourself in want, lacking, now compared to the rest of the world? Do you believe that Jesus can care for your temporal and spiritual, emotional needs? Do you think he actually does? But pastor, don't you know that we're in the middle of a pandemic? Hundreds died this last week in Florida, and Disney World opened on Friday, and I really want to go. And don't you know that they're treading on my freedoms and my rights? And don't you know that Black Lives Matter, but the Black Lives Matter movement is wrong? And injustice, it's everywhere I turn. And like 2020 hasn't been crazy enough. On top of it, it's still an election year. I do. And I know that we have something the rest of the world doesn't. We have Jesus. And he gives much more grace. Do you guys understand that? We, brother and sister, are facing the same things this world does. But we have him. We have his grace in the midst of it. Listen, brothers and sisters, as believers, we need to be more mindful not of what others in the world are doing to us. We need to recognize what we have done to Jesus. Then we will see how to respond because we will see Jesus and we will see how Jesus responds to the world, to us. And then we need to respond to others in the way Jesus responds to others i heard a pastor say this a couple days ago non-christians can diagnose problems christians do it too by the way I, I see your facebook's we're really good at saying what's wrong but jesus he said is the only solution and i absolutely agree with him the world knows we're in a hot mess but we have the hope in Jesus Christ, we have the hope of the gospel. We, the church, 
true believers have a great opportunity right now before us. Our culture doesn't know this because they don't know Jesus and they don't have the living God, the Holy Spirit living within them. We do. And we are sheep in a world of wolves. And we need to stay near the shepherd. It's the only way we're going to make it through, brother and sister. Do I wear a mask or don't I wear a mask? Because if we have the solution, if Jesus is it, and I'm caught up over here, because I think I should, because this is what we should do if we're going to love people, but I'm not going to because I have rights, and it's foolish. I'm right and you're wrong. What, the facts say this and you say that? What are we focusing on, guys? It's not the Good Shepherd anymore. It's something temporal. And hasn't our Lord and Savior asked us to be about eternal things? About the mission? About Him? And if we're staying near the Shepherd, guys... It's not going to matter if I'm right or if I'm left. Because you guys understand it's not a right and left issue. It's a right and wrong issue. In God's word, he will lead us to what's right. He will steer us clear of what is wrong. We stay near to him. And all I see in my lifetime is the left is getting more left and the right is getting more right. And a lot of Christians want to fall in this right side and they want to fly with what the right right has to say and they're acting just like the crazy left is acting to try to be a witness. But all you've done is destroy your witness because you're not close to Jesus because you're way over here or you're way over there. I don't care about winning arguments, guys. I don't even care if you agree with me or not. Because God is right. Let every man be a liar and God be true. Do you guys care about winning arguments? Or do you care more about winning people? What does Jesus care about? You might be absolutely right. But is it worth winning the argument if it means losing people? Losing your witness? Elections are coming up. Great. Vote. We have that freedom, that blessing. Vote. That's all we can do. Well, who do I vote for? I'm not going to tell you who to vote for. We got Donald Trump right now as our president. What do we do with Donald Trump? The Bible says pray for him. Honor the king. Eight years under Barack Obama. What do we do? I prayed for him. I honored him. But do you know what he did? Did you hear what that current president said? Pray for him. Honor him. This is the will of God. If you have a problem with that, you don't have a problem with me. You have a problem with God's word. 
we submit to all governing authorities. But that goes against my rights. Great, where is your witness now? Stay near to the Lord. That is our privilege as believers. And who cares about rights when we have such a privilege? And by the way, guys, whoever is elected or going to be elected in the future, they are all fallen, sinful men. That is why we pray. That is why we give honor. That's why we do what God's asked us to do. We have Jesus, and He's a good shepherd. There are wolves everywhere. We need to stay near Him. No, no, we need to talk about all this stuff so we know about that stuff. No, saint, stay close to Jesus. Stay close to Him. He will keep you from harm. We're in times of crisis, and it may get worse. And you're going to need to stay really close to your shepherd. You're going to need to listen to the voice of the shepherd. You're going to need to follow the example of the shepherd. Because this world is broken, and Jesus is the answer. And if we allow brokenness to break the church, then the world doesn't have an answer. So what do we do, pastor? We rest. That doesn't make sense, pastor. Look at verse 2. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. In a place of tender grass, there he causes me to dwell, is what it literally says. He makes me rest. Why? Because we won't on our own. Do you guys get that? Do we have any other workaholics in this world? Yeah. Jot down Ezekiel 34:15. Ezekiel 34:15. This is beautiful, guys. I myself will be the shepherd of my sheep, and I myself will make them lie down, declares the Lord God. That's what our good shepherd does. If you are a sheep prone to busyness, he makes you lie down. If you're a sheep prone to laziness, he's going to kick you in the butt. That's our God. So we are like lost sheep, not able to guide our own lives. So he feeds us and he leads us. And this emphasis the ideas here of nourishment and abundance, they are beautiful. Sheep must have grass and water to live. And it's up to, once again, the shepherd to provide those elements for them. In biblical times, sheep never grazed in farmlands. Israel's a desert, okay? Many of you were there with me just a few months ago. And wow, didn't the scriptures come alive on the importance of water? That was one of the things that just hit me in a way, being there. And all the references and all the scriptures to why it was so important that they had this chunk of land. And they fought over this. It all had to do with having a source of water. You see, the little tough grass 
there. They only get 1% of rainfall. Okay, it's extremely dry. Moisture from the Mediterranean Sea blowing in, hitting the rocks, spraying tufts of grass. So God never desired to plop you down in green pastures where you never have to get up again. Just reach over, grab a handful of green stuff, and hey, I'm hungry. It's not, that's not how it works. Has your walk or life with God been like that? No. I want to share with you guys what a rabbi said. He said, worry is dealing with tomorrow's problem on today's pasture. In the desert, you learn the shepherd will get you what you need right now. And in 10 minutes from now, in another 10 minutes from now, you trust the shepherd. He is just enough, guys. He is it. So contemplation with me. Do you feel what God has given you is green enough? Or do you feel like you're in a brown pasture land? Have you been disgruntled that you thought your life should be greener? And if worry was defined as dealing with tomorrow's problems in today's pasture, how might you reframe your mind or mindset regarding tomorrow? Let's look at the rest of verse 2. Refreshment. He leads me beside still waters. Or literally, guys, at a river of rest, he nourishes me. So he leads me. He doesn't drive us. Do you guys get that? He's not pushing us. He asks us to follow him. You follow me. Good. What are we going to do? We're going to fish for men. That's what we're going to do. Little side nugget. Lost souls matter. That's what I hear. With all the talk, all the conversation, all the considerations, all I'm hearing, lost souls matter. Doesn't matter who you are, where you come from, do you know Jesus? That's what matters. Doesn't matter if he's elected or he's not. Do you know Jesus? Jot down Psalm 78, verse 52. 78, 52. He led out his people like sheep, and he guided them in the wilderness like a flock. And again, the context to that is what? It's Egypt, right? They were in bondage there in slavery there. But he led out his people like sheep and he guided them. So many of us are tripping right now. And we're tripping hard. Do you guys know the biblical narrative when it was written in the New Testament 2,000 years ago? Caesar was king. The Romans were the world's empire. Half the people were slaves. 
And don't you love how the Bible teaches us how to combat that? To fight against that? What does the Bible teach us, saint? You guys know that we're under a higher authority. Our ways are to be higher because His ways are higher. But I want this. I want that. Did Jesus teach rebellion? Yes or no? Where does civil disobedience come in? How does that look for the Christian? Are we to follow a different path? A different shepherd? What was Jesus' example? Guys, what I love about the reality of refreshment, because we get caught up in so much in this life, and that's not what God has for you, brother and sister. There's refreshment that comes by being in the presence of the Lord, Acts 3.19. That is my pastor's heart for you guys. My calling is not to help America. My calling is to help the church. That is what God's called me to. And if you hear nothing else this morning, hear this, saints. Still waters. This is where God wants you to be. But there's crisis and chaos, Pastor. Still waters is where God wants you, sheep, to be. The Hebrew word is minutia. And it's really cool because it emphasizes rest and security. But I want to I wanna fight. I want to rebel here for my security. I need to do this. No. <laughs> you need to follow the shepherd to these still waters. Sheep try to drink from rushing waters. What are they going to do? They're going to get swept away. He's going to lead us to placid waters, still waters. So contemplation. Do you ever feel that God has placed you by roaring rapids instead of placid waters? Do you ever feel he drives you instead of leads you? When he said, follow me, does that tip us off on his leadership style? We've gotten through two verses this morning. There's much more that could be said. I'm feeling like this is maybe a good place for us to pause, to be still. I just want to conclude with a couple questions. Do you, or what do you desire most of your shepherd? I don't want you guys to feel shameful in what the response might be. What do you desire most from your shepherd? Is it deeper relationship? Is it more temporal, spiritual, emotional supply from him? Is it helping to learn how to rest? 
or him to lead you to refreshing streams of water to drink from. Two verses is good for this morning. I want to conclude in communion. If you guys would stand with me, I handed out a bunch of cups for you guys earlier. If you came in later, uh, there's a couple over on the table. You can come and grab if you need one. I found for myself personally one of the greatest places to find that minutia, <laughs> that rest, that security, that place of being still, refreshment, is often when I go to the Lord's table. If I asked you guys, if you could guess, if there could be any place or any time that I could take you, where do you think that would be? Jesus crucified. You see, as we come to the Lord and we partake of His table, I want to remind us that we need to recognize what He has done for us. And why did He hang on that tree lay down his life, shed his blood. It's because of what we have done to him. And how did he respond, guys, to his enemies, those who were out to get him? What is our Savior's example? We lay down our life. We lay down our rights. Do you see him on that cross? Do you see the sacrifice, the humility, the love demonstrated? And a good shepherd does what? He lays down his life for the sheep. That's what he does. And imagine with me if a shepherd could become a sheep. That's what our Jesus did. He humbled himself, became like you and I, to be a perfect sacrifice. And aren't you guys grateful? I sure am. I love how beautiful it is when we consider the idea of communion and why we come together, what we hold in common. It all comes back to Jesus, guys. He's the reason we're here this morning. And when we gather, I hope you have that expectation. We are here because of Him. So may peace, like a river, flow to the very depths of your soul. May joy of the Lord rise within you. May the Spirit of the living God awaken your heart and strengthen your steps and lead you to those green pastures and still waters. And may you walk in faith destroying any fear you face. Jesus is with you. He will not fail you. He will lead you. And though we walk through the valley of the darkness and fear and weakness, they threaten to overtake you, they will not 
They cannot because you belong to God, the good shepherd. He is your stronghold, your high tower, your deliverer, your defender. He heals, reveals, corrects, and redirects. He's the great shepherd of the sheep and will lead you safely through the storm. Trust him with your whole heart today. Amen? Amen.